morning, everybody. You doing well? Would you, can I just keep you standing just, just for 10 seconds? I lie, 30 seconds. I lie, maybe a minute. Um, I, I just really do sense there is something very special going on this morning. There is a hunger in this place. And maybe it is because of that bitter pill. Um, but I just really sense people are really pressing in today. And, and I'm really glad because my message really goes there. And, uh, and so can I just pray for you? And pray for your hearts today because the Word of God is pure. It's powerful. I don't need to pray for the Word. It's, it's never going to be any more powerful than it is already. But, but it's the soil of our hearts that makes the difference. And so I just want to pray for the soil of your heart. Can I do that? Why don't you just put your hand on your heart right now? Maybe if you, even if you're new here today, I'll tell you what, God's got something to say to you. Father, I thank you for every person in this place and Lord, we're here because we, we want to grow, we want to learn, we, we just want to delve a little bit deeper into this beautiful thing called our Christian faith. And, and Lord, sometimes life is great and sometimes it's a struggle, but Lord, either way, your word is awesome and you, you're awesome. And so God, right now, we just pray for our hearts that we would receive your word and let it impact us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Give a couple of people a high five around you. Tell them you're glad they made it today. Great to be with you once again. That's great news about Redcliffe. I was just sitting there thinking, look, maybe my days are done in Melbourne. <laughs> hey, I, I heard it's a beachside suburb. Is that, a, is that right? Is it like a really, don't lie to me. Is it a good place or not? Is it, yeah, is it, yeah. I reckon my days are done in Melbourne, mate. I could, I'd be a really good campus pastor. I'd be humble and submit and do all those good things and, so you never know, I might apply for the job, guys. Be a part of the team here at Emerge Church. You guys are doing good things. You know what? How am I supposed to preach? Seriously. How am I, what, watch this. So I turn on my iPad and look at that. That's my granddaughter. Oh. Hey, I know some of you are thinking, how could that be? Did you have a child when you were, were you married at four or something? But yes, guys, uh, we were married quite young, actually. But, um, yeah, but my daughter, Sarah has had, what's going on here, stop it, stop it, there we go, okay, all right, well, guys, we are going to have some fun here today, but would you mind, if, and by the way, if you're new here today, can we, can we give all the new people in the room a huge round of applause, if today's your first or second or third day, um, from what I've been hearing, there's a lot of new people joining this church, some people are just uh, new to faith, as in Christianity is new, and for some of you, it's just a new church for you. You've been a Christian uh, for a long time, and either way, we just want to say that we're really glad that you're here, and, um, and I, I honestly believe that, that, that God's got something to say to every person uh, in this place today, and uh, I was here not too long ago, actually, for an ACC Leaders Conference, and I sort of touched on this, on, on this and I'm not going to give you the title just yet, Like I said, I was going to give it to you right now. <laughs> but how many of you have seen this image before? I'm sure it's a very familiar image, guys. Just that first picture. Um, that it's, it, it's coming. Here. That, that, yes. Okay, who's familiar with this pic? Who's actually been there? Wow, that's a fair few of you. Okay, did you do the whole thing where you did the photo and the pretend, Yeah. 
That's so corny, guys. But we love you. We still love you. That's great. No, no, I would do it too. But it is corny. It's tacky. But I would be doing it in a heartbeat, right? Um, Does anyone know what? I'm sure you all know. uh, the, The reason why the leaning tower of Pisa is leaning is because of its foundation. It's actually built on a marsh. Those of you who have been there, I'm sure you've had the whole history about the thing. And I've probably got half of it wrong, but please don't give me away. Um, but it's, it's leaning because it, they, they didn't set the right foundation. They didn't go deep enough, and they just assumed that it would, that it would stay upright. It's, it's supposed to be a bell tower, apparently, um, but it started to lean. Um, it has been rectified, by the way, so please don't be nervous if you're anywhere near it. It's, now it's meant to look like that, um, but it's, its foundations were not built correctly, and you know when you don't have a proper foundation, we will lean also toward one thing or another. Rather than standing upright, we will also lean in our beliefs. We will, look, we all tend to have a leaning somewhere, somehow, don't we? Uh, we've all got a leaning. But it's important that we also are able to stand up straight and hear from God and do what God's asking us to do and be the person God wants us to be without, without a lean that will somehow sabotage our lives. Amen. Amen. So this morning, guys, what I want to do is I just want to unpack what I believe, what the Bible tells us, is the foundations of our faith. Now, I'm only going to talk about one of these things, but some of you may have seen in Hebrews chapter 6, the writer of Hebrews says something really important. He says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, he says, let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation. Now, he's saying that these, these things that we're about to read in a moment are the foundations of Christianity. And if you don't have a firm grip on these, then we will tend to build a life that looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You'll have a marriage that looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You'll raise your kids like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You'll build a business like the Leaning Tower of Pisa unless we have these Firm foundations in our life. Are you with me so far? And and so he says this. He says, let us go on to perfection. We're not going to lay again the foundation because he's assuming we've already got it. And here it goes. He now tells us what the foundations are. He says, repentance from dead works. He says, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, And of eternal judgment. He says, and this we will do if God permits. Now, I've actually put all of those foundations in a slide for us to see it really clearly outside of this scripture. And you will see that there's six foundations according to Hebrews chapter 6. Is that right? The Bible is telling us pretty clearly We need to have a firm grip on these if you want to move forward. In other words, you can't keep moving forward in your faith and and keep developing yourself if you don't understand these things. And guys, I've been pastoring a church this year. It will be 20 years for Lifehouse, which is awesome. And, And you know what? I have seen that when people don't move forward in their faith, it's because they haven't understood one of these things. It's the honest truth. And let's just quickly go through them, and then I'm going to concentrate on one, which you think I think I you already know what it is, right? But most of us would know that repentance is a big part of Christianity. What is that? Well, there's a whole message on that, but essentially it means, God, I was going that way, but now I choose to go that way. How many of us know that's a pretty important part, that when you become a Christian, 
God arrests your life. He stops you from leaving a life of destruction and takes you into a path of prosperity. Amen? Of, of, of a life of peace, a life of joy, and, and, not, and stop destroying your life and your body. So repentance is important. Amen? The next one is faith. How many of us know without faith it is in possible to please God. Oh, that's a huge one. Baptism. How many of us have been baptized and know that it's an important part of our Christianity? Absolutely. Then we've got the laying on of hands, and then we've got the resurrection of the dead. We're about to go into Easter. You're going to hear a whole message about that, and then eternal judgment, that there is a life after death. Now, if I was to say to you, could you please speak to me for 15 to 20 minutes about each one of those topics? If you I don't know about you, but most people, if they were to be very honest, they could say, oh, I could talk about the repentance thing. Yeah, no problem. I could explain that to somebody. I could explain the faith thing. Yeah, I could explain that. I could explain baptisms, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, I know, I know my way. I've, I've even got a few scriptures around that. Resurrection of the dead, absolutely. Eternal judgment, yeah, I know, I'm, I've, I've listened to a whole lot of YouTube clips. When you speak to most Christians, though, and ask them about the laying on of hands, they just go, oh, that Pentecostal thing. Oh, that thing that we sort of, that thing. It's one of the six, guys. It's one of the six. So today, will you allow me to just equip you and, and, and help you to build a really good, firm foundation when it comes to the number four laying on of hands? Are you with me? Yeah, we're all good. Okay, let's just, let's just talk about what is the laying on of hands. And if you're new here today, you're thinking, why is this important? I promise you by the end of this message, you'll see how important it is. I promise you. If you're thinking, how is this relevant to me? I guarantee you, you're going to see that it's really, really relevant. But what is it? The laying on of hands is simply when you place your hands on somebody for the purpose, wait for it, of transfer or impartation of a, to, to achieve a variety of supernatural outcomes. That, when you read it in the Bible, that's what it achieves. Every single time. Now, I just want to give you some scriptures. So if you've got your phone or you're taking notes, let me just give you some scriptures. And then we will build the foundation. And then from there, we'll get highly practical. Are you with me? Okay. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. It says, At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses. And watch this. And laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Jesus took the time to lay his hands on people to heal them. Guys, how many of you know that we need some healing going on in our world? Hey, there's people in this room, you need some healing. You need healing physically in your body. Well, according to the Bible that we read, Jesus laid his hands on people. And somehow we think, no, no, I just want to be healed without it. No, well, come on. By the end of this message, we're going to put some value where the Bible puts value. Amen. And maybe this is something we used to do, used to believe. Oh, I thought that was like an old school Pentecostal thing. Friends, it's not. It's a Bible thing. Amen. And we're going to get back to what the Word of God has to say. I get excited about this topic, by the way, because I've seen its power, and we're going to unpack that in a moment. But let's go to the next level. Let's say, oh, I don't need healing. I just need more, more anointing. I just need more of God. Great. Acts chapter 8, verse 17 to 19. Are these scriptures coming up behind me? Yep, great. Okay. It says, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, seriously, have we put those two things together? I, want, I need more of the Holy Spirit. Can someone lay their hands on me? No, because what we tend to do, and there's nothing evil, there's nothing wrong. We tend to worship more, 
We go away on retreats. We read more books. Nothing wrong. But what about the laying on of hands? What about saying, can someone who is filled with the presence of God come and lay their hands on me, please? See, we think it's like a hocus-pocus, spooky, old school. No, no, no. It's the Bible. The Bible is saying you can't move on from, to, to perfection unless you understand the six. This is number four. Are you with me? It, that scripture goes on. It says, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them cash and said, well, it says money, right? But it would have been cash, right? And he said, watch this, watch this. He said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. What did he see that day? This guy we know was a sorcerer. He was into black magic and witchcraft. But he saw a power go from one person to another. He saw it. And it was so powerful and so real. He said, take my money and give me that gift. Now, you know what? We're living in a day and age, guys, where the world understands biblical principles. And they've got no problem employing them. And we've become scared. Do you know you can go to many places these days and they have people called... Reiki. Reiki. Anyone heard of Reiki? Some of you? What, what are those people doing, by the way? Are they, are they preaching to you? Are they massaging you? No, no. In most cases, they just simply take their hands and they put it on you. Now, whether it's godly or not, I don't really know the full truth about it. One thing I know, one thing I know is, why are we allowing the world to do it? And because the world's doing it in an evil manner, maybe, we get so scared of it, and we go, well, we're not going to touch that. And, and God says, but no, it's my gift. I designed it. I created it. It's supposed to be for you. And right now, we're all clapping. Because, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is important. It's important, guys, because we're allowing the world to take. Listen, what about meditation, for example? Oh, that's an Eastern mysticism thing. No, it's not. King David said, I meditate upon you day and night. I meditate upon you. Listen, it's supposed to be something that brings us calm and peace through his word. But because Eastern mysticism do it, Christians don't do it. And so we're all stressed out while they're all full of peace. Listen, I don't care what the world does. If the word of God says to do it, we need to do it. Because we're going to be careful. Well, the world sings songs, so we're not singing songs anymore. No, no, we still sing our songs. We still worship God through song and dance. Oh, oh, people are using dancing for evil motives. Yeah, I know, but we can dance holy before the Lord. Oh, let's, let's not go there, right? Because I don't even know what that looks like. But my point is, let's not be afraid. If the world is doing something, hey, the world paint paintings. Should we not paint paintings? Are you hearing me? The world does a whole lot of stuff. Does that mean that we pull back from whatever the world does with their evil are you hearing me? So listen, laying on a hands is one of those things. Ooh, that's a bit, I don't know about that because, you know, there's people that use that for evil. Yeah, I know. But they're only taking what God created and they're using it in a way that shouldn't be. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Okay, come on. We need to delve into the things that God's given us. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. Some of us are leading companies And most of us are leading a relationship or leading a friendship or whatever it is. But leadership is a big part of life, isn't it? Amen. So I'm not just talking to high-end leaders now. We are all leading someone. And Numbers 27, verse 18, it says, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom the Spirit is the spirit of leadership. And watch this. 
and lay your hand on him. Lay your hand on him. What? So from the Old Testament all the way through to the New, we see that even, even leadership can be imparted. Hey, are you feeling like you're lacking a little bit of leadership? Have you just taken on a new role and you're like, I'm so daunted by this task? Friend, yes, read a few books. Yes, pray in the Holy Spirit. Yes, do all those great things. But please, I, I ask you, according to the word, get some hands laid on you by a great woman or a great man of God who does have a spirit of leadership upon them and beg them, say, please, would you lay your hands on me? And Because, listen, Bon Jovi knew about all this. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Some of you young guys, right? Yeah, all right, just like two of you would know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, Deuteronomy, I'm just laying a foundation. Is this okay? I'm just trying to show you this isn't like I'm just making stuff up, okay? And some of you have never even read these scriptures, and that's okay. That's what I'm here to do today, okay? Deuteronomy 34, because when I become your new campus pastor, mate, I'm going to be speaking here a lot, okay? So get used to me, all right? I'm taking the job. Actually, it's done. Can you just text them? Okay, right, 34, verse 9. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, watch this, was full of the spirit of wisdom. How many of us want that? For Moses, for Moses had laid his hands on him. What? Are you telling me that that's how he got his wisdom? Yeah. Didn't he have to read a whole lot of books? Well, probably. But there weren't a whole lot of books to read back then. Are you hearing? But you know what we do now? Because there are a whole lot of books to read. We just read the books and don't get our hands. People have their hands laid on us. we've, we've, We've replaced it with YouTube clips. Are you hearing me? We're relying on everything else bar what the Word of God says should be. All I'm trying to do right now, if you're, for, the, for, for some potential preachers in the room, let me tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm shoving salt into your mouth. I'm just trying to, I'm hoping that something inside of you is going, I want some hands laid on me. Well, hurry up, stop preaching. Lay some hands on me. I'm glad. I'm glad because at the end of this service, we are going to do that. And we are going to lay hands on you. But listen, don't just come forward and not know what you're doing. No, no, no. Come forward standing on the Word of God. Amen. Come forward standing and say, I know exactly what's going on right here because I've read the Scriptures. And, and, and come and get what you need in Jesus' name. Are you with me? Okay, what else? Just a, just a couple more Scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy. And he says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. When I laid my hands on you, not when you went through a course that told you what your spiritual gifts are. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, there's nothing evil about these things. I'm just saying, why have we left the laying on of hands outside of all this? Now, listen, I preach to our, this to our own church And I would love to say that the whole church just went, why are you preaching about this? We know this stuff backwards. No, they didn't. But it has changed the face of our church since. I'm telling you, we have seen the impact of this. So, Because you've got to understand, you've got to understand. Do you know how many messages are in this iPad? Do you you realize how many there are? Some of you want them. You're not going to get them, all right? I've got a lot of messages to preach at Redcliffe, all right? So leave me alone, right? (laughs) Have you, now seriously, do you know how much prayer goes into, Lord, what am I going to be saying at Emerge Warner? What am I going to be saying? Holy Spirit, I don't want to just talk. What do they need to hear, Holy Spirit? And I just go into silence and I just wait for him to impress something upon me. And this is the message that was impressed upon my heart. I could have preached on anything here today, guys. I could have preached my favorite topic. 
but I just think this is too important to bypass. And you're going to see why in a moment, right? Friends, the laying on of hands and blessing, because it's not just laying on of hands, it's speaking something as you do it, was so powerful that, Jake, uh, that uh, uh, Isaac blessed the wrong son. He blessed the wrong kid. Laid his hands on him. And then when he discovers, it's not like he goes, ah, don't worry about that. Come over here, buddy. I'll just undo. It's so powerful, it couldn't be undone. That's how powerful this is, that it couldn't be undone. But we just treat it as, oh, that's cute. It's not cute. A whole generation went that way rather than that way because Isaac laid his hands on, on a child. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So listen, so that sort of leads me to my next point. Dads, lay your hands on your kids. Oh, I don't think they're listening. Well, apparently it can't be undone anyway. Come on, dads, lay your hands on your kids. Ask your parents to lay their hands on you. Some of you are going, Man, my dad's laid plenty of hands on me, mate. Don't you worry about that, right? I'm not talking about that necessarily. There's a bit of that that should probably go on too. No, no, come on. Let's, we've got to get good. Listen, my son walks past me. I lay my hands on him. He's trying to start a business. He's trying to get staff. And he, I, I, he has this look in his eye where he goes, Dad, my staff is growing. I don't know what I'm doing, he says. And it's exploding. His business is exploding. And I can tell that he feels overwhelmed. So what do I do? Do I just sit there and teach him leadership? Yes, yes, yes. That's not the first thing I'm doing. I'm praying for a spirit of wisdom on his life. I'm laying, because you know what? I am leading multiple amounts of people. By God's grace. So you know what? That's the first thing I'm going to do is impart that to my son. And then, and then we'll add to that and we'll teach and we'll, are you with me? So here's a great question. And I don't mean to challenge you, seriously, in a negative sense. This is positive. Sons, have you asked your dad? Mums, have you laid hands on your daughters? Is this just something that we read and go, oh, that's cute? Or are we determined to do what the Bible says? Because maybe our kids are lacking something. Maybe they're lacking something. And we're like, why do they behave that way? When did, you lay, when did you lay hands on them? But I told them. I'm not talking about told, told them. I'm not talking about told them. When did you lay your hands on them? Come on, are you with me? All right. And, and, and it, it's meant to be a healthy challenge to all of us. When was the last time we laid hands on the people that we love to take them down a certain road? You know, we use this terminology all the time. The hand of the Lord was on that preacher. What do you mean by that? Or, mate, the hand of the Lord was so evident in that church service. Why do we talk like that? Because there is something powerful about hands upon something or someone. Are you with me? Now, let me tell you why this is important to talk about today. Do you know, we all went into lockdown. You guys, not so much. But as a pastor of Lifehouse Church in Melbourne, guys, we were closed for two years. Are you hearing me? We did, we did 10 church services in two years. Now, listen, I've got to tell you, we had one of the, I think, one of the best online church services that we could possibly produce. We spent a lot of money on it, and it was great. Content, content, it was coming straight down the barrel. No problem at all. Worship, it was still coming straight down the barrel. People were worshiping at home. People got most of what they needed. Do you know what we couldn't do for them during that time? lay hands on them. And I've got to tell you, we are still paying the price for that now. One in four young Victorians have contemplated suicide. One in four. Are you hearing me? Because they were so isolated. Do you know one thing laying on a hands does? There's a touch. Do you know all of those things have got no touch. All of those beautiful topics, there's no touch. 
But the laying on of hands, in the midst of all that, is right in there. Friends, this is powerful. And if, and if COVID has affected Victoria, maybe New South Wales, is not so much New South uh, in Queensland because you guys were open and closed, but really you, you guys sort of got through it pretty unscathed, to be honest. And I'm not saying woe is us. I'm just saying it's a truth, guys. We are paying a big price down there because we just couldn't lay our hands on sick people. We couldn't lay our hands on depressed people. We couldn't lay our hands on people who had no hope. We just couldn't do it. And we probably took for granted that we could do it, but we didn't quite realize how important it was when we were laying hands on people. We were just sort of doing it by accident at the front, and and it was happening, but not on purpose. Now we do it on purpose. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause if you know why this is important. It's important, guys. You know, this is so important. Helen and I, as soon as we could, we jumped on a plane. Some of you may or may not know we have a campus in, po- in Poznan, Poland. And right now we're completely inundated with refugees from Ukraine. And it's, we're so thankful that we are there. And, uh, and churches like yours and right across Australia have sent us funds to that particular church. And we're helping these Ukrainians. It's amazing. It's, it's so sad, but yet we're seeing the hand of God. It's so beautiful. But Helen and I went there very, very quickly because we hadn't been there for two years and we would go two or three times a year. And, and so we went there and we do a whole lot of leadership for these guys and we give them a lot of direction because they've never seen these sort of churches before in Poland. Do you understand? Like our church is, is one of the largest churches in Poland and we only started a few years ago because churches in Poland, they've only got 30 to 40 people in them and that's a big church. And it's, it, they need God. And so, and so we jumped on a plane and we went there. Now, to get on that plane, some of you have had to do this yourself. You've got to do PCR tests and you've got to get, and you've got to get vaccines and double vax and triple vax and vaccines in the eyes. And you're right, you've got to, right? And you, like, it's re- seriously, it's really difficult. Not just Australia, Poland as well. Coming in, it was really difficult. So anyway, to leave the country, you've got to do the whole thing all over again. And Australia is just that little bit tougher than the whole wide world, I've got to tell you. Seriously, it took us four hours at the airport to just get the documentation right. But the last thing that you have to do is they want you to go get a PCR test. And we knew that. So while we were ministering in Poland, all over Poland, do you know, do you know how we have the pre-service prayer meeting? Some of you may not even know that it exists, but there's, I'm sure there's one that happens right here. Maybe 30, 40 people, the volunteers, we all come together. Yeah, we have that in Poznan too and in all the different churches. And so... They would be like, Pastor Richard is here. Everybody give him a clap. Oh, that's nice. Pastor Richard, jump in the middle. Okay. And then you've got 30 to 40 people all laying their hands on you. That's great, that part. And then they're all like, Holy Spirit. Have 40 people breathing on me. And the whole time I'm going, I'm never going to get out of Poland. I'm never going to get out. What are the chances we were visiting five churches on that trip and five times 40 people got around us and were breathing, Holy Spirit, come upon, make him holy Lord, right? And, 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 we, and, Helen and, I, and we're just like, Lord, you need to help us. But you know what? Honestly, do you know what the conservative thing would be? Do you know what the wise thing would be to do? Wise thing. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Have some, take some responsibility, Richard. Mm, it's one of the six, and it doesn't say don't do it if COVID exists. It doesn't, I wish it did. Unless there is a global pandemic, it's not one of the six. If it said that, it would have been awesome. It's like, guys, we'll come back to this laying on a hands thing later. Next, 
four, five years. But right now we're not doing it because we need to get back to Australia. No, no. I stood there and I said, Lord, if it's one of the six, then you can protect me. Now, I've got to tell you, Helen and I went throughout all of Poland for two weeks. We had multiple, multiple amount of people laying their hands on us and breathing all over us. We went to the airport, got the PCR. You guys are good. Get back on the plane, go home. Isn't that great? Amen. So God, God, God backs himself, right? You know what? I get home. I go to my little cafe just down the road, three minutes from where I live. I caught COVID. <laughs> like two weeks later, some of you are like, no, nah, I think it was that. No, no, no. Two weeks later, I go to my little cafe, bang. But God protected me over there, but didn't protect me. Now, listen, not that I needed to be protected. It's all good. God's, God's got it. My point is, my point is, Sometimes we're just very quick to pull away from the things that we think in the world is wisdom. But God says, you don't think I can protect you from a virus? You don't. And this is important for this church because some of you haven't been coming to altar calls and having hands laid on you because <gasps> might get COVID and die. Well, first of all, you're going home to heaven anyway. So that's okay. It all ends well. But are you telling me he can part the Red Sea, right, and can't protect a little bit of particles, a little bit of water particles going up your nose? But he can part the Red Sea. But not the little water particles. I'm going to die. Now, I'm not mocking. I'm not seriously, hear my heart here. We've got to elevate the Word of God a little bit more in, in these places. Amen? Amen. We've got to elevate it. Just... Just actually, maybe, maybe a whole lot more. Maybe a whole lot more. You know, let me, let me just talk just for a moment about some of the practicals of this. I've got, a, I've got a, a, an old Italian lady. She's my, she's my tailor. You can obviously see I haven't been to her lately. And, um, and I dropped off a pair of jeans, and she usually just hems them for me, right? And she's a, you know, a really old lady. Won't give you, because now that I've said really old, if I give you the age, it's going to offend half of you, right? So it's like, I've, I've done that before. I won't do that again. She's on the phone to her daughter. And she's got a very thick Italian accent. And I love this lady. And she's like, Enrique, come stay. Oh, good, thanks. No, no, you know, my thing. Anyway, she's very flustered. She's got a red face. What, what's going on? She goes, I sick, I sick. And then she starts talking to, in Italian to her daughter. I don't know what she's saying. But I do hear the words, ambulance, doctor, hospital. I'm thinking, wow, she obviously thinks she's not well. Anyway, she gets off the phone. And she goes, I'm sick. And she was genuine. She, was, she, was not, she didn't look well. I said, Nonna, are you okay? She goes, yeah, I, I just, I'm sick, I'm sick. She goes, you pray. Because she knows I'm a priest. She goes, you pray, you pray. I said, you want me to pray? Now, let's just pause for a moment. My name's not Benny Hinn. I don't feel I've got this gift of, of healing. That's not me. Some of you do. You've got that. That's not me. I feel like I've got more of a speaking gift, a teaching gift, a singing gift. I'm not really the healing guy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I'm, you can't, care, can't ring up Benny. Can't ring you up. I'm there. So Holy Spirit, you've got to use me. So I lay my hands on her. I say, Holy Spirit, please heal this woman. And in my heart, I'm like, I hope it worked. Right. No. Can I be honest with you guys, or are you expecting me to go, and, I'm, and the Lord spoke to me? <laughs> no, I'm like, hope it worked. See you later. I come back three days later, my jeans are done, and there's a number on top of my jeans. And it's got the name, you know, Francis. 
I go, what's this? I said, no, they're my genes, not, not a girl called Frances. She goes, no, 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 this is my daughter. You must ring her. Why? Because you pray for me, you walk out, I feel, I, I good, I'm happy. So she brings her daughter back and she says, the priest prayed and I'm, forget the ambulance, I'm, I'm good all of a sudden. So her daughter says, are you serious? She goes, I'm good, I'm good, I'm, I'm healthy. Who do you think was shocked in that story? I'm like, that faithless two-second prayer did something. Apparently so. Apparently so. Because listen, this is one thing we've got to get hold of when it comes to laying on our hands. It's not about you. You're just a conduit. What if God is just looking to get his power through you to somebody, but he just needs you to touch them? Because see, sometimes we think we've got to give the wisdom. No. The Holy Spirit has wisdom, but what if we lay hands on people? Is he able to use us to get wisdom to that person and just use you as a conduit, use you as a hose, use you as a funnel? Is he able to do that? I think he's actually desperate for that. But we think, well, I can't heal. Whoever told you you could? It's always been the power of Jesus. We sung about it. But what if we just laid our hands on the And Jesus went, thank God, someone's laying hands on this woman, even though this, even this faithless guy... Now, I wasn't that faithless, but you know what I'm saying? And I laid my hands on her, and God healed her. So then the daughter wants me to ring her. She goes, listen, I heard that you healed my mum. I said, well, God used me here. I laid my hands on her, and God healed her. She goes, could you come to my house? Because my daughter, she just keeps smashing into cars, and cars keep smashing into her, and I think she's going to die of a car accident. Could you come over and lay your hands on my daughter's car? So I'm like, sure, that's what I do. But, you know what I mean? Like, forget pastoring a church. I lay, I, I lay my hands on white I-30 Hyundai's. That's, that's what I do now. So I go there. I go there, pull up, and I go, so where's the car? Not where's the person, where's the car? So where's the car? She goes, it's over there, and she's pointing at it like it's demonic. <laughs> right? I said, now tell me, what's been going on? She goes, honestly, she has an accident every fortnight. Either, whether she smashes into someone, someone smashes into her. Right? So I'm like, she's just a bad driver, but no, people are smashing into her as well. So... So I go, and if you had been there on that day, you would have seen a bald-headed Lebanese pastor laying his hands on a white I-30. Lord God, pray that you put angels around his car. Well, 18 months later, because that girl got saved, she's now in our church, she hasn't had an accident in that car in 18 months, right? So some of you are like, oh, that's a coincidence. Yeah, you can do that. Or you can just do the, why don't you lay your hands on stuff? Just lay your hands. Why are we so, it's not like $50 comes out of your bank account every time you lay your hands on someone. Just lay your hands on people. Why, why are we so protective? And don't do it, don't be strange. You're not Iron Man. You don't have to be weird. Like when I walked up to, her name's Nucha, I didn't go, I just walked up, I just put my hand on her. I just went, no, oh, Nucha, you poor thing, put my hand on her. That's all I did. Are you hearing me? It doesn't have to be a big moment. Like, and then the angel of God came down and doves and oil. and Just lay your hands. Lay your hands. I want to tell you a quick story. There was a young preacher. Hadn't done much with his life yet. He was studying in England. And while he was studying in England, he was about to leave to go to the continent that God had called him to. But he felt ill-equipped, and he was talking to the Holy Spirit. He said, Holy Spirit, I just need more. I just don't know what I need. I don't know what I need. And he walks past a house in London, and he sees 
a plaque on the door. Some of you know the story. He sees a plaque on the door, and it says, Home of George Jeffries. So he thinks, could this possibly be the house of the Welsh revivalist? Could, could this possibly be his home? So he knocks on, rings the doorbell. Maid opens up. You can read this for yourself. Yes. Is this the home of George Jeffries, the great Welsh revivalist? Yes, it is. Can I meet him? No, you can't. No, you can't. He's not well. And so he's about to leave, and then a voice from the top of the stairs, let him in. It wasn't God. It was just... (laughs) George Jeffries comes down the stairs, frail, old. He says, why have you come? He says, I'm I'm just wondering if you're that great man, because if if you are, I would love you to lay hands on me. And then George Jeffries says, God told me you were coming. That's why he was at the top of the stairs. Otherwise, he was in bed. God told me you were coming. Lays his hands on him. Now, this person who had his hands, was having hands laid on him, says that light shone into him through the laying on of hands. And he felt something transfer from George to himself. That man gets up, goes to Africa. And I think some of you may know who that man turned out to be. So while some of us are still sitting in this room with our arms folded thinking, yeah, is this real? Yeah, you could do that or you can do what Ron Habonke did and go and seek out men and women of God and ask them, would you please lay your hands on me because I want to, come on, come on guys, let's get excited. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. That's beautiful. Some of you may not know who he is. You're new here today. This guy has seen more people saved in one church, one service. 475,000 people gave their life to Christ in one meeting. Makes our church services sort of look like a lot of hard work, don't they? He could have just run that one meeting and gone home to heaven and he would have done more than 20,000 pastors in their whole lifetime. What's my point? What a great heart to ring the doorbell and desperately want someone to lay hands on him. Are you hearing me? Come on, guys. Come on, we need, we need to, have, have you got a son who's not going down the right road at the moment? You know what? Don't get weird about it. Don't chase them around the house. But maybe when they're sleeping, seriously, I've heard of this, where, where sometimes that child is sleeping, just walk into their room, make sure they're really asleep, don't scare them. Lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them. I've seen this happen. I've heard of it happening. You know, we had a lady in our church, and her and her husband, they've been trying to fall pregnant for ages. I preach this message. She comes forward and says, if this is true, I need a miracle. I want to have a child. And so the guy in our church who probably sees the most miracles, in, in fairness, so it was someone specific, lays his hands on her and says, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that this couple will fall pregnant. Two weeks later, they're believing, well, you know, you know done what we've had to do here. God, we had hands laid on us. We want to fall pregnant. So they, she goes and buys the tests, and she, and she does the test. <laughs> I love this part. And it comes up. Now she's been trying for years. Comes up, negative. She's not pregnant. And her and her husband go, well, what's with that? And so they stand there, and they say, God, this isn't good enough. We, we, we got hands laid on us. We're believing. We believe that if you parted the Red Sea, you can create a ch- God. And they just stood there and kept believing and believing and believing. She went and had another test that came back positive. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, she went and had another test that came back. And some of you go, ah, oh, the first one didn't work. 
That's what it was. The first one was faulty. Yeah, you can come up with a whole lot of stuff if you want. Or you can just say, we serve a God who can do miracles, signs, and wonders, and he can do some great things in your life. Are you hearing me? So come on. We've got five minutes left, I think, in this service. Have we got five? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm done. I'm done. This is what I would love us to do. I, I want the band to come and join me. And here it is. I'm just going to ask a really simple question. Have you got anything in your life where you like, God, yeah, I'd love you to transfer that into my life? And let me tell you where we go wrong with this. We think that if someone's got a fault in their life, like Isaac, Isaac had some faults in his life. He, did, he made some mistakes, but he still pl- handed over a great blessing. And for, and for a lot of us, we get distracted by the hose, <laughs> the conduit. We get distracted by the conduit. Oh, hang on. I know you've got some issues in your life. God can't possibly use you. No, he can. No, absolutely he can. Because God is so desperate to get to you what you need. To be honest, to be honest, he'll pretty much use anybody. As long as that person's heart is, God, please do something. I'm not perfect, but do something. Because I'm talking about me. I'm not perfect, but I, my heart was for Nucha that day. And I just laid my hands on it and God healed her. So here it is. Do you, have, do you have some anger issues? Get some hands laid on you. Do you have some, you, you, you're not able to stand up for yourself issues? Like enough's enough. You're a people pleaser. Get someone to lay hands on you. Because you need something to shift on the inside. You can go to course after course after course. I've seen people do that. But the laying on of hands is really powerful because it's one of the six. So what do you need? I'm going to ask in a moment, I'm going to ask life group leaders to come forward. Actually, can we just, just get just a little bit, not weird, but can I just go there? If, 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 if you've experienced a miracle, a healing, would you also come forward? And let's get some people's heads and hands laid on can we, can we do that? Because if it's one of the six, I'm not, making, I'm not making this stuff up. And we have relegated this to the Pentecostals. No, no. People in the Uniting Church are reading that same, that same Scripture. People in the Anglican Church are reading that same Scripture. People in the Catholic Church are reading that same Scripture. And can I tell you, you know, they actually do a lot of this in their churches, to be honest. And we've relegated it to spooky, kooky church. No, it's not. It's the Bible. Jesus did it. And so we're going to do it too.